Hello, I'm Gary Fogel, and welcome to Kentucky Sports Memories, a show where I take a look back memorable moments in Kentucky sports history. Thank you for joining me once again. Happy to have you along. And right now, we're going to take you back to September of 1979. That would be 41 years ago. So on September 7th of 1979, we just passed September 7th, just a few days back. But on September 7th, 1979, you know what happened on that date? Well, ESPN went on the air. Very first broadcast, ESPN on the air. They did a Sports Center show to kick off their network. And you might be thinking, so what? What does it have to do with Kentucky sports? Well, if you remember, and those of you at least age 50 and up, you'd have to be at least age 50 to remember when ESPN went on the air. When they first went on the air, they didn't have the rights to college football or college basketball or the NBA or Major League Baseball or any other big-time sports. So they were scrambling. They were showing, um, you know, dart tournaments and lots of cornhole tournaments and wiffle ball and badminton and you name it, tractor pulls. I mean, whatever they could get that they could put on the air, they were doing so because they didn't have the broadcast rights to anything else. So they were scrambling to find material to put in their um, cable programming. And the very first sporting event they ever televised was a softball game. And it involved the Kentucky Bourbons. So there's the Kentucky connection. The Kentucky Bourbons was a um, professional softball team, existed from 1977 through 82. A professional softball league existed back then, and the Kentucky Bourbons, based out of Louisville, were a part of it. And the Bourbons were playing the Milwaukee Schlitz in the Softball World Series Championship. And in that series, game one, ESPN televised them on September 7th, 1979. And that's the very first event, sporting event, ESPN ever televised. And it involved the Kentucky Bourbons. So taking a look back at that tonight, and we're also looking at softball in general and the changes in the sport over the years. But let's start with that event with ESPN televising the Kentucky Bourbons September of 1979. Bill Gaddy was on that team. Bill is one of the most famous softball players in the country, probably uh, the most famous softball player to ever come out of Kentucky. Cobby Harrison was on that team. Cobby, a great softball player as well. He too, one of the most famous players in the state and uh, also the country. And so I talked with both of them about that moment when ESPN televised their softball game in 1979. Let's begin with uh, Bill Gaddy. Here's our conversation. You were on that team that was part of the first telecast ever by ESPN. Yes, right. And I'm sure that, you at the time had no idea how big of a deal that was. Uh-uh. Never, never even thought of so what. Uh, matter of fact, my question to the – because my dad, you know, he bought the bourbons after the first year. He he got involved, and uh, he, uh, um, and they, you know, and he was telling me. He said, "Hey, we got a call. We, you know, this ESPN. They called the Internet Entertainment Sports Network at the time, and uh, and it's going to be cable TV." And I said, 
well, what the hell's cable TV? You know, we didn't know what cable TV was. And he says, well, he said, that's, he said, they, they put it on a cable and people have to pay to watch it. I said, now who in the hell is going to pay to watch, you know, a game on TV when they can turn it on? I said, they can turn it on and watch it for free. And he said, well, he said, I'm just telling you, he said, uh, they, they're willing to, to pay if we, you know, if we can get it right. And, and, uh, so they, uh, they went. They, we we signed the contract with them, and I tell you that was probably the the best thing that ever happened to that league. So obviously, Bill Gaddy had no idea how big ESPN was going to become. There's no way of knowing back then when they were just starting out. But uh, it was a big deal, obviously later on. But that night they televised the Bourbons. Probably not too many people saw that broadcast. <laughs> Cobby Harrison also on that team, and I talked to Cobby about that moment when uh, the Bourbons were televised by ESPN. Well, when ESPN televised you that first time, you probably had no idea what ESPN was going to become. No, we didn't. You know, I remember the guy coming up and uh, asking me some questions for the game, and I thought, more or less, we kind of just thought it was like a local TV station thing. And he explained to us, you know, it was pretty neat. You seen this? They had the signs all in different parts of the field. They had a camera down the field line, one behind home plate, and one in right field. There was like quite a few mistakes made as far as them announcing and everything. But uh, it turned into be something big, and it? it was crazy. Finally, I want you to hear from the coach for the Bourbons back in those days. And that was a guy by the name of Steve Kaufman. So I asked him what his memories were of that night when ESPN broadcast the Kentucky Bourbons as their inaugural sporting event. We had no idea who ESPN was. We knew they were there, uh, and but we didn't have any idea what it was going to turn into. Again, this was back in September of 1979. And this, by the way, was slow pitch softball. I don't think I mentioned that at the top of the show. Not fast pitch, but slow pitch. But... It wasn't a bunch of overweight guys in some beer drinking league. These were professional athletes, very talented and well-conditioned athletes playing professional slow-pitch softball in this league. And by the way, in that uh, series, that World Series that year, the 79 World Series, which the Bourbons played in, all games were televised by ESPN, not just the first game, but all the games in that series were televised. And uh, Kentucky ended up losing that series. The Milwaukee Schlitz won that World Series. The Bourbons did win a championship. They won one in uh, 1981. And uh, again, that league existed for six seasons, 77, 78, 79, 80, 81, and 82. And it folded after the 82 season. Uh, Kentucky was getting outstanding attendance. By the way, they played their home games at what was then Bishop David High School in Louisville. That is now Holy Cross High School, but they had excellent facilities there and got great attendance. But some of the other teams in the league had difficulties with attendance, and so therefore the league folded after 1982. And there has not been another professional softball league in the U.S. since that league folded in 1982 which involved the Kentucky Bourbons. So I asked uh, Bill Gaddy, whom you heard from, and uh, Cobby Harrison, those were probably the two most famous players on the Bourbons. 
and I talked to both of them about what it was like to be a professional softball player and play for this Kentucky Bourbons franchise. Uh, let's hear first from Cobby Harrison. So let me ask you, for, what, were, were you with the Bourbons every, every game? That existed? Every game. I, me and Gaddy were the first two players signed in the league, and uh, I played every game the whole, whole time of the Bourbons. Never missed it. And you were never out for an injury or anything? I was out one time. I broke a finger, but it's funny. I went and seen Dr. Ellis in the hospital, and uh, he put a splint on me in between games, and I came back and played the second game of double hitter with my middle finger. looked like I was giving somebody the finger sticking out. And the first time I batted, I just ripped it off because I couldn't do it and went ahead and played anyway. Let me ask you, I want to touch, first of all, on when the when the league started. What what did you think about that? What were your thoughts on that when the league got started? Well, you know, me and Bill both played. We played with the best amateur team at one of the top three in the country with Jiffy Club. And uh, we had won the national championship, 72 in Jacksonville. And it was a big decision because, you know, they told us if we go play in the pro league, we'd have to set out amateur ball. But we, we made this jump, and uh, I thought it was great when it first started. I mean, we had, you know, we – had our own plane. We, we uh, had everything. And now we'll hear from Bill Gaddy. And by the way, Bill Gaddy, as you heard Cobby say, also played every season the Bourbons existed. And Bill Gaddy was all-conference, all-American, basically, every year the league existed. He made the all-league team every year. He was two-time MVP and in 1981, he was the Triple Crown winner. He led the league in home runs with 38. He led the league in RBIs with 99. And he had a 622 batting average, which also led the league. He was a tremendous home run hitter. We'll get more into that uh, in our next segment. But uh, right now, let's hear from Bill Gaddy and his thoughts about playing professionally slow-pitch softball for the Kentucky Bourbons. It was a, it was a great time in my life at six years uh, with the Bourbons and, and and you know initially Gary it was a it was a tough decision because you know I had uh, I was playing uh, you know amateur softball and and you know we had won a couple na- well we won a national tournament in 1972 with Jiffy Club and and then I went for two years in the World Football League when I came back I went you know started playing softball with Jiffy Club again. So, you know, to to go to that situation with the Bourbons to be asked if I wanted to play in that professionally, um, you know, was a, a tough decision because I was going to give up my friends and my, you know, the uh, amateur status and, you know, jump into the pro league. But <clears throat> I really felt like, uh, you know, that was a tremendous honor to be to be asked to play professionally and uh so uh it was uh it, it was just you know a wonderful period of time in my life that uh you know I look so much forward to to the seasons and the games and and the and the uh, competition that we had as i mentioned bill gaddy a tremendous power hitter a tremendous home run hitter that's what he was known for throughout his career and he put on some home run exhibitions in stadiums around the country after his Kentucky Bourbon days had ended. 
and we'll talk about that in our next segment. I think you'll find it pretty fascinating, some of the things he did. So that's coming up, and I hope you'll stay with me because you're listening to Kentucky Sports Memories. I'm Gary Fogle, and I'll be back in just a moment. Krista Schaus with United Way of Central Kentucky here in Elizabethtown. I just want to stop for a moment, tell everybody that if you're looking for help at this time, which for a lot of folks that can be food, it might be a, a bill payment, uh, you might need help with medicine, what you can do is you can call 211. That's just 211 and it's toll free, it's confidential. What they'll do is they'll ask you what your zip code is and they'll try to navigate resources for you. If that does not work because 211 is not the be all end all of help, please reach out to the United Way office at 270-737-6608. We are working from home, but the phones are routed directly to our cell phones. And so we're able to look through our resource guides and try to help give you further direction. But your first call should be to 211 and if all else fails, once again, the United Way office at 270-737-6608. Thank you, be well. I'm Gary Fogel. Welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories. And in this show, we're talking softball. And right now, we're talking or have been talking about the Kentucky Bourbons, which was a professional softball team and played from 1977 through 1982. Six seasons in existence, played at Bishop David High School in Louisville. Bishop, it was Bishop David then. It's Louisville Holy Cross High School now. But uh, again, professional softball, paid players, outstanding athletes, and when that league folded in 1982, there has not been a professional softball league, slow pitch softball league for men in this country since that league folded. One of the players you heard from was Bill Gaddy. He is maybe the most famous softball player as far as slow pitch softball to ever come out of Kentucky. I'm going to read you a little bit of his bio. This was prior to playing at um, for the for the Kentucky Bourbons in 1977. First of all, he played both football and baseball at University of Louisville. And you heard him mention in the last segment, he played briefly in the World Football League. But um, not only was he a two-sport athlete at University of Louisville, when he got out of college in the late 60s and early 70s, he was playing amateur softball, most famous with a team called Jiffy Club. And uh, they were an outstanding team, and he helped lead them to a national championship. And one year, in one of the tournaments, he was selected uh, first team all. Matter of fact, he was first team all American five years as an amateur. And in one tournament for the national tournament, he batted 867. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Uh, 1972. That's when they won the national title with Jiffy Club. He uh, batted 714 with uh, 14 homers in that national tournament, was the national tournament most valuable player. 
Uh, you can go on through his career as an amateur and what he did. And he also was a tremendous home run hitter. You know, when you watch slow pitch softball, the men's game, you love to see these guys who can hit the home runs. And I'm not talking about the ones that just barely clear the fence. You like to see these guys who can hit the towering moonshots. And that's what Bill Gaddy did. He hit home run after home run after home run. And that was the reason he was a fan favorite as an amateur player. And again, when he played for the Kentucky Bourbons. And so once the Bourbons folded in 1982, Bill Gaddy was on the advisory committee for the Louisville Redbirds. The Redbirds came to Louisville in 1982, uh, baseball, professional baseball, AAA affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals. They're now the Louisville Bats, and they are the uh, AAA affiliate of Cincinnati Reds. But back when they first came, they were the AAA affiliate of St. Louis Cardinals. They were called the Louisville Redbirds. And they played at the old fairground stadium there. And if you've ever been to the state fair, uh, you probably attended an outdoor concert at that old stadium. It's since been torn down just a couple of years ago. But uh, I saw the Oak Ridge Boys there. I saw um, Three Dog Night there. And you've probably seen some outdoor concerts there as well if you've attended the Kentucky State Fair. But that's where the Redbirds played. And um, Bill Gaddy was on the advisory committee for the Redbirds. And he explains how in a meeting, the subject came up that led to him putting on a home run exhibition in a contest there at that old stadium. So let's pick up that conversation. We were in an advisory meeting one day and, and uh, they were talking about you know, the, the Redbirds. And, and, I, and Jack says, uh, I said, well, you need to get some home run hitters on that team. I said, Christ, she, he said, well, hell, that field that in left field is, you know, is 360, the left center, 330 down the line, and it's a 12-foot, 8-foot fence, whatever it was. And I said, well, you need to get more left-handers. I said, because, you know, right field was only 300 feet. So he laughed at that, and he said, well, he said, uh, maybe you could hit a baseball out of there. And I said, what do you mean maybe I could hit a baseball out of there? I said, I could hit a softball out of there. He said, there ain't no way. He said, there's no way you could hit a softball out of there. And I said, really? I said, well, why don't you get some of those those uh, weaklings you got on that Redbirds? And I said, let's have a home run contest before a game. He said, you got it. And I said, okay, fine. So we get out there. Who do you think he's got up? We each got 10 pitches. and uh, Or 10 swings, anyway, 10 hits. So he, it was two against one. Who, who do you think he – actually, the way it worked, I got 20 because he put two guys in with uh, – they got 10 apiece. So I said, well, I get 20 then. He said, that's fine. So we get up there, and the first guy that gets up for the Redbirds is a left-hander. Okay? And he's got so a I looked, fence. Yeah, and so I looked over at Jack, and he just snickering over there because he was sitting in the front row, and I looked at him, I was shaking my head at him, and, and he's just snickering. Well, the guy hit one out out of ten. So then the second guy comes up. It's a left-hander. <laughs> and he hit maybe one or two out as well. So anyway, they they hit five home runs. So I get up there. And the very first pitch I hit, it one-hopped over the fence. 
I'm going to stop you for just a second, so just so our listeners okay. know, you're you're a right-handed batter. I'm so a right-handed you're batter. Your fence is right. a lot farther away. Right. So the very first pitch I hit at at three the three thirty probably the three three forty three fifty mark, I one hopped it. It hit on the warning track, and bounced over the fence. And when I hit that ball, and I saw what it did, I knew that I was going to hit. I was going to hit some home runs out of there, and I did. I hit maybe four or five of them. I, anyway, I don't know exactly how many they hit, but I ended up out hitting them. I hit more home runs out of there, maybe six, I think, something like that. I hit out of there. And so I went over to Jack, and he shook my hand, and and um, and he said, congratulations. He said, that's that one hell of an exhibition. But I want to tell you, when I was hitting, after I got through hitting, I walked back over to the dugout to get my stuff and those players were on their on the on kneeling on the on the uh, you know watching the thing from the top of the dugout. And when I walked over there, those guys looked at me like, "How the hell did you do that?" <laughs> <laughs> and then one of the guys says, "He did ask me that question. He said, how in the world? Could, you know, he's feeling my arms and everything.' He said, how in the world could you?' He said, we can't hit baseballs out of here, and you're hitting these softballs out of here.' And I said, well, I said, just a lot of practice, I guess. I don't know. But uh, anyway, and I did. I hit um, I hit, I hit a home run con- contest in Anaheim Stadium, which I won. And then I hit, uh, it was before a game, before one of their games. And then I hit, the next year I hit in Dodger Stadium before one of their games. And, you know, that was when Tommy Lasorda was there and, and uh, Kurt Gibson was on the team because I went over and talked to him for a little bit. And uh, so that was and that, that was neat. And then I hit one other time I hit in uh, Riverfront Stadium. Uh, and uh, we actually played there. We played the Cincinnati Suds there one game or a couple games. So it was uh, – and that was exciting. I mean, it really was exciting to uh to hit those contests and and the 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 one <clears throat> the one more that I had which really nobody knows about but this was up in Canada in, in um Montreal right outside of Montreal and our team went up there this is when I was playing amateur and and uh our team went up there and before the game and this place was packed I mean they had they had uh, big all the right field was all nothing but lined with people sitting all the way up the hill and then they had um, uh, flatbed trailers with, um, you know, uh, uh, seats on them, aluminum seats, be- uh, uh, bleacher seats. And <clears throat> so they uh, uh, they had this one guy that was the big hero there, and he had won this thing three years in a row. And it was the same situation as the fairgrounds it was right field was short and left field was the same thing 315 to 360 in, in the center field so anyway this guy is he's the big hero i mean they all stood up and clapped for him when he in the same deal we got 10 pitches there so he gets up and he hit maybe four home runs out of there and he was and he was a good hitter so i got up and and we each had our own pitcher as well. So I got up. The very first pitch I hit was one of those kind of I was just telling you about that knuckled. 
mm-hmm. and I hit it. I hit it in left center, and it hit the top of the fence and bounced over. And I'm saying, okay, if I hit that one, I know I, I hit. I hit nine out of ten out. Nine yeah. out of ten, and the people. I mean, it was. They were doing the wave. That's this thing was packed all the way around. That's the only time I've ever seen a wave done at a softball game. But they were doing the wave, and those people were so so gracious in the way that they reacted. You know, it made me feel like some type of big hero or something. You know, it was it was a, really a, a tremendous memory. Bill Gaddy, quite the entertainer with the long ball, and as I said, when he played softball, he hit towering mammoth home runs that the fans were just in awe of what he could do on the softball field. We're going to visit with Bill Gaddy a little later in the show. I have something else I want to circle back to him and talk about, but coming up in the next segment, we're going to look at amateur slow-pitch softball throughout Kentucky. Where does it stand these days? What's its status? compared to years ago. I think you'll find that conversation interesting. So we'll touch on that in just a moment. Please stay with me. I'm Gary Fogle. You're listening to Kentucky Sports Memories. pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I, I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I grow trail. Up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be. I want to be. I want to be. I want to be. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. I'm Gary Fogle. Welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories. Thank you for joining me, and we're talking softball today. We started out talking about the Kentucky Bourbons because I began the show by telling you that it was September of 1979, 41 years ago, when ESPN went on the air. And what was the first event, first sporting event ESPN televised? It involved a Kentucky team, and you'd probably guess prior to the show, you'd probably guess it would be a college football or basketball team from one of the state schools, but ESPN didn't have the rights to any of those events when they first went on the air. They didn't have the rights to college football or basketball or the NBA or Major League Baseball or hockey or car racing or anything else, so they had to televise whatever they could find that they could get the rights to. So their first event they televised was Game 1 of the Men's Professional Slow Pitch Softball League. And in that game was the Kentucky Bourbons. They were playing the Milwaukee Schlitz 
in that contest, a, a World Series, by the way, that Milwaukee went on to win. But anyway, a Kentucky team involved in the first ever event televised by ESPN, the Kentucky Bourbons. And we talked about Bill Gaddy's home run prowess and the exhibitions he put on. That was in the last segment. This segment, I want to move into amateur slow pitch softball. And I'm going to touch on my own experiences a little bit. I grew up in Nelson County and played a lot of men's league softball there, both in league and tournament. Wasn't very good, but I was on a team and I played and I really enjoyed it, slow pitch softball. And it was very popular there. Several communities in, the, in that county had men's leagues. And I think that would be representative of counties throughout the state. Slow pitch softball was very popular throughout the state of Kentucky. I'm talking back in the late 60s, 70s, 80s, into the 90s. Very big. You could find a league in pretty much any small town throughout the state. So I've reached out to a, a guy I've known since childhood. His name is Dooley Mattingly. Uh, Dooley from down in Nelson County. His real name is Tom. Even whatever calls him that, everybody calls him Dooley. That's all I've ever known him at. Uh, Dooley and I grew up together. We played high school baseball together at Nelson County High. The only difference between us was he was good and I wasn't, but we were both on the team. And later both played softball, and Dooley has played a lot more softball over the years than I have, and he even went on to become the commissioner for that area, softball, slow-pitch softball commissioner for Nelson, LaRue, and Spencer counties. And so, as I say, I talked with him, but it would be representative for pretty much any area throughout the state. And my observance that softball, slow-pitch softball, for men especially, has declined over the years. So I talked to Dooley about that to get his observations on that topic. So here's our discussion. You've been around softball for many, many years. I don't think softball is nearly as popular or played in many as, as many places now as it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Is that accurate? Oh, very accurate. Softball started declining uh, in the 90s, and it uh, has continued today. Very few softball leagues uh, even happen now. Why is that? Well, my personal opinion is I think back in the day when the game changed is when they brought the, uh, I'm going to call them hot dots. They were uh, balls that were just absolutely uh, made to, to be hit and, and I say fly out of the, the ballpark. I mean, me as a young feller, uh, I wasn't no home run hitter, but back then I started hitting home runs and I knew something was up. The bats got better with the titanium and the metals and stuff. Uh, I think that hurt the game as much as anybody. But wouldn't the fact that more people could hit home runs, wouldn't that make them want to play? Because everybody loves hitting a home run. Oh, yeah, it did. But those of us who played it for so many years where uh, you, uh, you had to play defense and you had to – uh, when you hit a single, you basically needed to hustle, try to get a double. And that's how you won a lot of ball games, making a dive for a ball and uh, make a play and throw somebody out at first or second, whatever. My opinion, I think the uh, the game it became lazy. Nobody you didn't run around the bases when you hit home runs. Uh, 
just the game changed in that way uh, also. So out there in Nelson County where you live, there were several leagues that existed, uh, one in Bardstown, one in New Haven, I think one in Culvertown, probably over in Bloomfield. I can't remember where they all existed. Yeah. How many exist well, now? How many leagues exist out there now? Zero. There are no men's league softball in Nelson County. No, sir. My thanks to Dooley Mattingly for taking time to talk with me. And I also want to talk to again to uh, Bill Gaddy and Cobby Harrison, who both played for the Kentucky Bourbons. But prior to the Bourbons and after the Bourbons, they played a lot of amateur softball themselves. They played on a different level. I mean, uh, the league I played in was just the average guy who showed up, wanted to play a little softball. Uh, we had some pretty good athletes in that league, but uh, not everybody a great athlete. But the leagues that Cobby Harrison and Bill Gaddy played in when they were amateurs were exceptional leagues. Everybody was really good, top-of-the-line players. So I asked them about softball at that level today compared to years ago. We'll start with Cobby Harrison. I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Cobby, I don't think softball, slow-pitch softball, is as big of a deal now as it was back when Oh, you're, you're not better be corrected. I did an induction three weeks ago. I went and announced three games. They had a Legends induction, and I was the first player to be chosen from the state to go in, and I had four All-Star games that we had put together, and it was the only time I've had so many people come up and told me that if it wasn't for you doing this, Softball's dead. It used to be you could go to Papa Level Road, Resurrection, St. A, St. Helens, St. Dennis, any night of the week, and there'd be games going on. There's not none now. There's only two places in town that hold league, just about. I mean, it's sad, really sad. And I think that's statewide, isn't it? It's all over the state, yes. And it's terrible because I can go 100 miles up the road to Cincinnati, and they have 12, 15 complexes up there and they have stuff going every weekend. It's just, it's amazing how the difference of things are around here compared to other states. That's Tennessee. I mean, they play every weekend. So we'll move on to Cobby and check in with Bill Gaddy and his thoughts on how softball has changed over the years. You know, we had, we had AAA leagues. We had AA leagues and A, and a leagues. Okay, now they've got them all the way down, I think, to D and, and E, you know, where, where people are playing all the way down. So what's happened is the players that are really good players, they're playing with their friends. Well, their friends can't play the level of a double triple A. They don't want to get into it that, you know, that deep. They just want to play on, you know, every Tuesday night in a beer league somewhere. So he goes and plays with them. So it just watered down everything so bad that, then the interest totally changed uh, for and the competition level had totally changed to where you know the 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 leagues now are, are just they're not basically non-existent. I mean they they have a few around and and uh, to be honest with you, uh, Gary, I, I'm not I don't follow it much anymore. But um, you know I'm just listening and talking to other people that they want to talk softball and. You know, and I know that, and they tell me, you know, they tell me what, that it's not like it used to be. Right. I mean, it was the, it was the number one uh, uh, sport that people participated in. 
I mean, for years, when I, back when I was playing, that was the number one sport. Now, I don't have any numbers on how many leagues there are throughout the state, how many teams there are throughout the state as far as men's and women's slow-pitch softball. And I talk about men's mostly because there were more of them throughout the years. There obviously has been some women's slow-pitch softball leagues, but not nearly as many of those throughout the years as there have been men's leagues. And I don't have any numbers in front of me. It's just simply an observation on my part, on Dooley Mattingly's part, Bill Gaddy, Cobby Harrison. We all have seen a decline in the number of teams and number of leagues throughout the state. And I'm sure you've experienced that in what area you live as well. Next segment, we're going to move on to something more positive, some encouraging news as far as softball because we're going to talk about senior league softball. And it seems like even though men's league uh, over the years has declined, senior softball play has grown. And we will talk about that and talk to some of the players. Some players have been playing for many, many years and still going at it. I think you'll be impressed when you hear from a few of them. So that'll be coming up in our next segment. Stay with me. I'm Gary Fogle. This is Kentucky Sports Memories. Krista Schaus with United Way of Central Kentucky here in Elizabethtown. I just want to stop for a moment, tell everybody that if you're looking for help at this time, which for a lot of folks that can be food, it might be a, a bill payment, uh, you might need help with medicine, what you can do is you can call 211. That's just 211 and it's toll free, it's confidential. What they'll do is they'll ask you what your zip code is and they'll try to navigate resources for you. If that does not work because 211 is not the be all end all of help, please reach out to the United Way office at 270-737-6608. We are working from home, but the phones are routed directly to our cell phones. And so we're able to look through our resource guides and try to help give you further direction. But your first call should be to 211 and if all else fails, once again, the United Way office at 270-737-6608. Thank you, be well. I'm Gary Fogle. Welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories. Thank you for joining me. And we're talking softball today. Started out by talking about the Kentucky Bourbons because on September 7th, that was the anniversary, the 41st year anniversary of when the Kentucky Bourbons played on ESPN. And they were part of that game they played in, which was the slow pitch softball, professional softball, World Series. They were playing against the Milwaukee Schlitz. And that's the first sporting event ESPN ever televised back when they went on the air September 7th, 1979. So as I said, 
This is the 41st anniversary. Probably should have done this show a year ago at this time when it was the 40th anniversary, but <laughs> I wasn't doing this show a year ago, so we'll have to settle for today. Anyway, transitioning from talking about the bourbons to talking about softball today. And in the last segment, we talked about how it seems that softball is on the decline. It's not played in as many places throughout this state as it once was. And this segment, we're going to look at senior softball, older players who are playing the game where it seems to be growing in popularity. I'm going to start by talking to a guy. His name is Larry Caldwell, and he's down in Paducah in western Kentucky. He is a coach and a player. Larry's in his mid-50s. I don't know if we can officially call him a senior player. I guess you would call him an older player because your typical men's league softball players are late teens, 20s, and 30s. But I guess once you get into the 50s, you're getting close to the senior range. But I talked to Larry about senior softball. But before I get to that, I also wanted to ask him his opinion about softball with the younger crowd and how it looks there in Western Kentucky. So we talked about that. Then we talked about his involvement with senior softball and the fact that they have to travel to find tournaments to play for uh, their age group. Here's that conversation. First question is, do you think softball has become less popular among younger crowd? Absolutely. Why is that? Uh, I think there's too many things to do with video games and everything else. People don't actually participate in outdoor sports as much when they get older. But it seems like it might be growing in the senior division. Well, that's because we all played more. There was more teams and more tournaments and everything else back in the 80s and 90s. Well, those guys are now getting on up to play senior ball. So you agree that senior ball is growing? Oh, yeah. So where where how far do you guys travel to play tournaments? Anywhere from every now and then we get a two-hour tournament, but mostly up to four to six. While Caldwell and his team look for tournaments, same is true for Everett Lasley. He lives over in Nicholasville, which is just outside of Lexington, and he's been playing softball for several years. He's a pretty elite player. He's in his 60s. As a matter of fact, he's 63 years old, so I guess maybe you could categorize him as a senior. And um, he plays on a really good team, but in order to play for a really good team, he has to travel some distance to find them. I play with a, I play with a team out of St. Louis, uh, Midwest, Dudley Midwest out of St. Louis. And how have you all done recently? Ah uh, well, we just uh, we just won the worlds in Columbus three weeks ago, which was pretty cool. Playing teams out of Texas and Delaware and Michigan and all around. You know, I've always had a really good arm, and I'm really fast. I guess is what they tell me. You know, so um, and when you still can run at this age, <laughs> you're popular. I've uh, just always been blessed with to have above average speed and um kind of helps cuz I rarely stop at first base. I like going I like going for doubles. <laughs> I'm not your basic long ball hitter. I have hit no home runs over the fence this year. 
So we've talked to a player in his 50s and another player in his 60s. How about a player in his 80s? Tom Haven lives in the Louisville area and he plays on a, a senior softball team in a league there on a 70 and over, it's a 70 and over league. And Tom will turn 85 this month and he's playing softball, still going at it, still loves it. I talked with him. So Tom, tell me, how long have you been playing softball? Well, I can't figure out the years. It was continually, I started in 91 playing senior ball, and I've played every year since since 91, senior ball. I played some before that in my younger days, but not a lot. Do you have any aches and pains, or do you make every <laughs> game? I mean, what's the situation? I've, I've had a lot of aches and pains. I've had a lot of surgeries. I've had rotator surgery three times and finally got a uh, put in a new shoulder the last time, so I've got an artificial shoulder. Oh, yeah, you have aches and pains with it. Tom mentioned his rotator cuff surgery so he could continue playing softball. Back when I was doing some work full-time in television sports, I did a few stories on senior softball players, and one of them I did was a story on their injuries that they fought through to continue to play. And I talked to one guy once, and he said going into the season, he needed knee surgery, and he needed minor heart surgery. And he asked both doctors if it would keep him out of softball. And the doctor, his orthopedic surgeon, said, well, if you do the knee surgery, you're going to miss the entire season. But his heart doctor said with that surgery, he only have to sit out a couple of weeks because it was very minor surgery. So he did the heart surgery. So he'd only miss two weeks of softball, put the knee surgery off until the end of the season because that was going to lay him up for a few months. So he based his surgery decision on how it affected his softball. These older guys, they love to play. The commissioner of the league tells me that when it rains and they get rainouts, they get really upset because they love to get out there and play. Another story about the older guys, I did a story once on an 80-some-year-old. This is about 15 years ago. 80-some-year-old guy who played in the senior league in the Louisville area. And everybody said, well, he's quite a character. He'll be really interesting. So I get to the ballpark, and I interview him, and he's full of spunk and vinegar and excited and energetic. He's like a 25-year-old. And then somebody told me, well, his girlfriend is, is sitting in the stand. She comes and watches him play every game. This guy was a widower. His wife had passed away. 10, 15 years prior, so he had a girlfriend now. Again, he's in his 80s. So they played on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's when this league played. So I told him, I said, or I asked him, I said, your girlfriend comes every game? He said, yeah, she comes every game, watches me play. He said, well, I said, well, I'd really like to do an interview with her and talk to her about how she comes out and watches you play all the time since, you know, you're in your 80s. And he got this puzzled look on his face, and he said, well, I'd really rather you not talk to her. I'd really rather her not be on camera because, you see, she's my Tuesday-Thursday girlfriend. <laughs> he said, I have another girlfriend who's my weekend girlfriend, and they don't know about one another. So if you do an interview with her and she gets on TV, the other one's going to find out about her, and that won't be good. <laughs> so I said, oh, so you only date her on Tuesday, Thursdays, on days you have games. He said, yeah, that's right. I have my other girlfriend on the weekends. And um, 
And so I was just dying laughing. And I said, okay, fine, I, I, I won't interview her, I won't put her on camera. But as I said, he had the energy of a 25-year-old on the field and his personality, so I guess he acted like more than a 25-year-old elsewhere as well. But uh, I thought it was a pretty funny story. But as I say, a lot of these older guys, they, they still have the spunk about them and they, they love to play senior softball. And uh, the ones who are involved with it, they, they loved the game. Some of them play in more than one league. There's two leagues in the Louisville area, and some play, some of the seniors play in both leagues. Louisville is the only city that has senior league softball. You heard me talk with uh, Larry Caldwell, who's in his 50s down in western Kentucky. He's down in the Paducah area. He plays, but he plays on in tournaments. They don't play in a league because they don't have a league in that area. And you also heard me talk to Everett Lasley. He lives in the Nicholasville area. He also plays in tournaments with a team out of St. Louis, but does not play in a league because there's no league in the Lexington area. None in Owensboro, none over in Eastern Kentucky. The commissioner at one of the leagues in Louisville tells me he thinks there are enough seniors down in the Bowling Green area to start a league. Just passing that along, that's the information he gave me. There are leagues on surrounding major cities like Cincinnati, Knoxville, Nashville, and even St. Louis. So if you're a senior and you live somewhat close to those, you know, you live in Kentucky, but somewhat close to those cities, uh, you could probably find a league there if you want to play. But otherwise, you're probably either restricted to playing in a league in Louisville if you live near the Louisville area or finding a team and playing in tournaments on weekends. Anyway, good luck. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I thought it was interesting to talk about the uh, Kentucky Bourbons and the fact that they were the first team to be a part of a live broadcast on ESPN and uh, also a look at softball throughout the state. Till next week at this time, I'm Gary Fogle. This is Kentucky Sports Memories.